Because when you get close to God and you start to rid yourself of the things that don't please him, he starts to replace those things with the things that do please him. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Unlocking Scripture. I'm your host, Justin Torres. I'd like to wish everybody a happy and healthy new year. It's been a long 2023, and God willing, 2024 will be your best year yet in your walk with the Lord and in everything that you do. So I'm praying for blessing over you, for blessing upon your family. But more importantly, I'm praying that this is the year that you truly strive to bring your relationship and your walk with God to a totally different level than you've ever been. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory. So this should be the year that you focus on that. You focus on growing spiritually and getting closer to God. That is the focus. That is the purpose. And that's what God wants from us. So we're going to get right into it today. You know, as I was thinking about it over, you know, the holiday break and everything, just thinking about God and my relationship with him, there's one thing that always stands to be the same that doesn't change. And that is that, you know, God calls us to bear fruit. He calls us to walk in his ways and to bear the fruit of the spirit. So we're going to talk about that right now. And this should be pretty short for the most part, because it's pretty straightforward, but Galatians five, and this is on verse 22, when it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You know, so I want to take some time to just kind of go through what the Bible is saying here about the fruit of the Spirit. The first thing you'll notice on verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say fruits, so it's not plural, it's singular, meaning that this is one fruit with many characteristics. And as a Christian, God desires that we have in all these characteristics in our personality. He wants us to have love. He wants us to have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so on. God desires and, and actually more than just desires, but he calls us to have these characteristics because as Christians, all that really means is that we're called to represent Christ. So if we're disciples of Jesus, we can be assured that Jesus embodied all of these qualities. And so his disciples need to embody these qualities also. And the only way to embody those qualities and start to cultivate them is by having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that starts to work the things in us that are not of God out of us. And he starts to plant the seed of the fruit of the Spirit. Key word, Spirit. You can't have the fruit without the Spirit. So we need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then this is the outcome of that relationship. The more that you see God, the more that you spend time in his presence, the more that you spend time in prayer and his word and seeking the Holy Spirit, the more it shows by love, joy, peace, patience, and the fruit of the spirit coming out of your life. When your life is reflecting the fruit of the secret place, it shows that you're walking with the Lord in private. 
And the Bible's pretty clear about it. You know, there's a verse, and we can pull it up, but I just want to give a a little preview of that verse is that Jesus talks about the things that we do in private that, you know, will be shouted on the rooftops. So it's important that we take time to really build the secret place, building a relationship with God in the secret place so that way the fruit of that relationship will start to show on the outside in our daily walk. And then other people can start to see that we are disciples of Jesus. Jesus actually said that they will know that you are my disciples by your love. And love is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. So people will recognize us as disciples of Jesus by the fruit that we bear, love being one of them. We will demonstrate that we are disciples of Jesus by the love that we bear, by the fruit of the Spirit. So let's keep going. And this is why it's important that we have the fruit. One is because we will show the world that we are disciples of Jesus by our love. That's number one. That's an obvious one. But having joy in your life separates you from somebody that has happiness. So happiness is a temporary feeling. Happiness comes as a result of something good happening, whereas joy is not dependent on any situation. You can have joy, the joy of the Lord. You can have that joy regardless of what's going on around you. Peace. The Bible says that God gives peace that surpasses understanding. And, and Jesus says to take peace that he's overcome the world. So no matter if the world caves in against us, God gives us peace that surpasses understanding. He gives us joy because the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we can have joy, we can gain strength from that joy, and we can have peace regardless of the situations that are around us because God gives us peace that surpasses understanding. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. These are all things that the fruit of the Spirit contains that we are to walk in as disciples of Jesus. Gentleness, the Bible talks about that. You know, as Christians, there's going to be times that we're going to have conflicts with other people, whether they're Christians or not. Paul had conflicts with Barnabas. The Bible says that they had a sharp disagreement. Yet later on, it, Paul actually goes to say that what Barnabas ended up doing was beneficial for the kingdom. So even though they split ways for a time, the, the, um, the mission and the ministry that Barnabas carried on was still beneficial for the kingdom of God, regardless that, of the fact that they were separated for a time. And so you're going to have conflicts with people, but the Bible teaches us to still be gentle in those moments. And so that kind of prompts the question, can you be gentle and firm at the same time? And I personally believe that you can't because you can give a rebuke by with gentleness and without having to be disrespectful, without having to put somebody else down. You can give a rebuke and a correction out of love. And so that's where the fruit of the Spirit will allow you to do that. Because if you have the fruit, if you have love, if you have peace, gentleness, and all those other things, you'll be able to convey your message in a spirit of gentleness. And sometimes you're going to have to be firm but it still comes from a place of gentleness. It sounds like an oxymoron in the natural, but in the spiritual, all these things come together. And one of the most important characteristics that the fruit of the Spirit brings us is self-control. And that's something that every Christian needs to thrive in 
especially for the times that we're living in. We need self-control in all areas of our life. People think that self-control for a Christian means just abstaining from certain sins like sexual immorality, like drinking, and then things that are obvious. But it goes all the way down to the little things, such as gluttony. The Bible puts gluttony and drunkenness in the same category, believe it or not. So if you overeat, you're just as unwise as a person who gets drunk. And we look at gluttony as just feasting and feasting. But no, if we're, if we're spending time all day just eating through our fridge, and there goes your day's worth of, your week's worth of groceries of one day, it's coming from a place of gluttony and overeating. That's unwise, and you're not having self-control. If you can't operate in gentleness, but instead you can't control your tongue, you're lacking self-control. And how do you change that? By cultivating the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Because when you get close to God and you start to rid yourself of the things that don't please Him, He starts to replace those things with the things that do please Him, like self-control. And then this is what it says on verse 23. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we go all the way back up, we'll be able to talk about what the works of the flesh is. So if there's something that we need to crucify as disciples, if, we're, if those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, then we need to understand what those passions and desires are. And Galatians 5 talks about it too. So this is what it says. If we go back up to verse 16, notice the first verse. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So the first thing we have to take from this verse is that Paul is telling me, if you struggle with walking in the flesh and gratifying the desires of the flesh, the way that you conquer that is by walking by the Spirit. So I actually heard a, a good example that stuck with me. And this was by Pastor Vlad. It said, ravens and doves were both highlighted in the Bible during the time of Noah's Ark. A raven was sent out from the Ark and so was a dove. But they're very different species. The raven feeds on dead things, whereas the, the dove feeds on things that bring life. So the dove represents life, whereas the raven represents death. So if you're walking like a raven, that means that you're feeding on carcass. You're feeding on and craving dead things. So that would be the, the works of the flesh. If you're living like a dove, just as an example, you're craving things that please the spirit. So 17. It says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So a raven and a dove don't desire the same things. In fact, they desire opposite things. Ravens desire dead things and doves desire natural things, lively things. They don't eat those same things. And so our flesh and our spirit are the same. Our flesh desires dead things. Our spirit desires things of life, things that are of God. And so they're against each other. Verse 18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, 
jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so it ends with that warning. So we have to crucify the flesh because if we live in the flesh, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Romans 8 talks about a life in the spirit and a life in the flesh. And the life in the spirit leads to life and peace, whereas the life in the flesh leads to death and destruction. And this is Paul reiterating that warning that if we choose to live in these things, that we won't inherit the kingdom of God. And here's one thing I want to point out is that verse 17 says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And then verse 19 says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Notice how there is a plural in both of those things, desires and works. Not singular in this case. There's, there's a plural here. So there's many works of the flesh, but there's only one fruit of the Spirit. We're to have all of the fruit of the, of the Spirit and none of the works of the flesh, which I find that interesting. And the way we overcome the works of the flesh is by putting it to death, carrying your cross, following Jesus, and walking by the Spirit. That's what Paul tells us. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And just look at some of these examples. Idolatry, sorcery, sexual immorality, jealousy, which jealousy is something that can start from such a small seed. I mean, any of these can start from a small seed, but jealousy is something that we overlook all the time. We're quick to put a big banner on sexual morality and on drunkenness, idolatry. We can flag those things all day long, but do we flag jealousy do we flag strife divisions envy these are the sins that get overlooked and patted down as if they're not sins as if they're okay but they're just as bad as all the others that are on this list if you do these things you will not inherit the kingdom of god it doesn't give a ranking system on any of these sins. It says, this is the works of the flesh. And then notice also it says, on, on verse 21, when it's ending, it says, and things like these. So the list carries on. There's even more things that aren't even mentioned. This is what the root of all these things are. But I'll give an example. It says, drunkenness is one of the works of the flesh. But then after that, it says, orgies and things like these. So if drunkenness is a work of the flesh, is it fair to say that doing drugs is a work of the flesh? Does it stem from drunkenness? To be drunk is to be out of a sober mind. And so to be high is to be out of a sober mind as well. That means to also be drunk is biblically defined as drunkenness. So yes, that is works of the flesh. You can't smoke marijuana. You can't can't pop pills. You can't do any of these things. This is not of God. They don't bring life. They kill the spirit. And there's many other things in here. Strife, divisions. So if you're talking about divisions, as an example, gossip causes division. Murmuring causes division. So these are, if you look in it, if you look at it from a broad lens, all these can be looked at as categories 
with many other related sins underneath these. Just like Paul says, I warn you, and he says things like these. So if we practice this lifestyle, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. On the contrary, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And look at what it says back in verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. What are the desires of the flesh? That whole list that we took a look at. Our flesh has desires that it craves, and those desires are against what the Spirit craves, what the Spirit wants. And so our responsibility as believers is to crucify those desires. You're going to have moments of temptation, but to be tempted is not to sin. You can be tempted, and it's when you fall into the temptation that it then becomes sin. And so while you're being tempted, you still have an opportunity to crucify the flesh. The Bible says that when we're tempted, God provides a way out. So we need to lean on the Spirit. Just as Paul said, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And here's our last responsibility, and we'll wrap it up. But verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So if we live by the Spirit, we have a responsibility also to maintain a lifestyle in the Spirit. So we need to look at the things in our lives that may pull us away from God and start to get rid of those things. We need to take a look at the things that are surrounding our lives that suppress the Spirit from flourishing more and more in our life. Maybe that could be people. Maybe that could be music that you listen to, things that you watch on TV. We just need to be more cautious and aware of these things and be more intentional about our walk with God. So that way we can grow spiritually and start to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And while we're doing that, we're also simultaneously killing the flesh and killing the works of the flesh that we struggle with. You want to get free from drunkenness, from pornography, from lying, from jealousy. You do it by focusing and being very intentional on walking by the Spirit. You have to make that choice. When you choose to walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So I hope that this has blessed you all. Again, Happy New Year. Thank you for taking a ride with me on this podcast. As we continue on in 2024, I hope that this will be something that will continuously bless you and help you grow in your walk with God. And if it has, make sure that you leave a review that you like and subscribe and share this with somebody so that it could be a blessing to them as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. God bless you.